a lot of things typically are in the 100k range or like 100k is considered like nothing to like solve a problem there. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People who are looking for like software co-ops and things like that are like, well, I only know one language. It's really hard. Like I can't match up, but obviously that's not true. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure that they're not just taking people who have been coding since they were two years old. Exactly. <laughs> hey, this episode was brought to you by the iBiomed department of McMaster University. Follow Mac iBiomed or stick around for more info. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the iBiomed Brainwaves podcast, episode 9, part 2 the industry co-op series. My name is Yumner Fan, and I'm in my fifth year of iBiomed Hesse, and I'm going to be one of your co-hosts today. And I'm your other co-host, Sam Militia. I'm in my third year of Mechatronics and iBiomed, and you're probably coming from part one. So welcome back for part two. We have two more exciting guests coming. And today we're going to be listening in to our two guests in electrical and software engineering. Let's see what they have to say. So today we have with us Noor Fessel, who is in electrical and biomedical engineering, who is also part of the inaugural class of iBiomed, so level five, but technically level four because of her 12-month co-op, and worked at Hydro One. So Manur, tell us a little bit about yourself, your hobbies, and all that. Yeah, so my name is Manur. Um, in my pastime, I really like to read books, um, and I love like watching movies, and I'm also pretty big on arts and crafts. That's awesome. Perfect. So um, your work at Hydro One, tell us about your positions and like your day-to-day -day tasks, what a day in the life looks like, stuff like that. Okay. So basically um, at Hydro One, I'm an intern in the asset management department. So um, there we deal with a lot of like different kinds of studies. So for example, one kind of study that we do there is like a short circuit study. And we provide that information to customers so that they can make sure their protective devices are adequately sized. Another thing that we do are connection assessments. So customers might apply for like large loads. Like, for example, they might increase their load from like 10 kilowatts to like 100 kilowatts or like 200. Like it's just the large loads and we just see what impact that might have on the distribution system. For example, if it like causes low voltages, we have to then like propose a solution and the interesting thing is that in the electrical industry, a lot of things typically are in the 100K range or um, it's like pretty expensive. Like 100K is considered like nothing to like solve a problem there. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like basically the kind of work that we do here. We're always like trying to plan ahead and make sure that like customers are able to, you know, receive electricity that you know they're applying and like if needed we you know we might like consider increasing like for example like the transformer size if we feel that we might not be able to it's very big on the planning side okay that's, so you mentioned like customers so would that be like other like manufacturers of things like other companies or like factories or like what who are these customers or are these like day-to-day -day people like us uh not usually i would say like the average household uses around like 10 kilowatts of energy, which isn't a lot. It can be like big companies or, and like these, our customers typically tend to be in rural areas. 
Yeah, that's who we mostly uh, supply energy to. And yeah, like you were saying, it could be like big businesses or it could be like apartments or like subdivisions. Cool. How did you find yourself interested in like the energy like field? Was there a specific course or something that made you interested in that sort of field? Um, so like as an elect bio, we don't have to take any like power engineering courses. So like the co-op I'm doing that falls under like power engineering. But then I wanted to like explore like everything within electrical engineering. So that's why I decided, you know, take the course and see whether or not I like it. And I really enjoyed the course and I liked how it was compared to like other fields within electrical engineering, like hardware and coding and other things that I've seen. I felt like this field was more people focused. Like, you know, you're providing electricity, and which I feel like sometimes we all take a bit for granted because it, you know, we use it so much. But yeah, I think it's like a very important field. I felt it could be like meaningful to me to be a part of it. Yeah, because I know like when the power goes out here, yeah. it's just a huge panic. Nobody can cook anything. I had to use the last of our Brita to make water. It was just, <laughs> or make, uh, wow, that's wrong. I had to use the last of our Brita to like make rice. It was a big disaster because we have an electric stove. So yeah, the power industry is definitely very, very important to yeah, society. Sure. It's only going to get more important as we find like different renewable energy sources and things like that. What did you find as like the most important like skill or thing that you're learning that you feel that like you can take into your like future? I know you're still in the co-op currently, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you've been in it since May or September? Since May. So it's been like almost nine months now. Okay, so you definitely have had some time to pick up some skills and new things and that. Yeah. Yeah, so the most important skill I would say, like, I feel like this is probably, like, in any job, is, you know, having the ability and, like, enthusiasm to learn. Because, like, you know, companies have different ways of doing things, storing information. So anywhere you go, you have to adapt to that. And then there's also, like, different standards, like, engineering standards within companies. Or they might be, like, following a body so it's like important to be able to you know learn the learning never ends it's ongoing definitely (laughs) yeah yes that skill I think will definitely help me in the long run yeah speaking of the long run has this job sort of impacted your career pathway uh, or what has this told you about your future Um, I'm definitely um, taking this experience into consideration But at the same time, like, this is like my first industry job. I don't really have anything else to compare it to. So I think, you know, like, if I had another experience, I would be able to, like, tell a bit better, like, how I feel about it. Or, like, even just talking to more people would help. And then at the same time, like, you know, it's electrical and biomedical engineering. So, like, naturally, I'm a bit also curious about what would the biomedical side of things look like. But yeah, I mean, definitely, it is definitely something I'm interested in. And I'll see next year if I continue to take courses within power engineering, if I'm still like enjoying the content and how I feel about it. Yeah. Because like a job is like a long term commitment, right? So I think it's important to choose something that, you know, you're going to enjoy for the long run. Yeah, and definitely like you're still like 21 or 22, probably. So like you don't have to have your next you know 40 years figured out yet (laughs) yeah so yeah definitely the great thing about co-ops is that it gives you an opportunity to try a bunch of jobs and in your case it sounds like you like it which is great but it's good if sometimes even you look and you're like maybe I want to try something else but yeah that's one of the great things about having a co-op program like we do at Mac 
Yeah, it's just as important to know what you don't like than to know what you like. So that's what I say. Like, even if, you know, for some reason someone didn't enjoy their co-op, I'm like, that's great in a way because now you know to not go into that field. So it's information for us regardless, I think. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the podcast and telling us about your job at Hydra One. Good luck with the next four, no, I guess it would be another eight months probably, four to eight months of your job. And um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for coming. All right, and for our last guest for the episode, we have Isra, who's in software and iBio level three, and she worked at RBC for two terms of four months each, one at the front end and one at the back end. So welcome. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi. Um, So like you mentioned, my name is Isra. I'm in third year of software and iBio. I have a lot of experience with software development, uh, you mentioned with RBC, and it's something that I've been really liking so far. I am focusing a little bit more on the web dev side of things, just because it's a little bit more creative in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. And so the web dev, is that fit? Sorry, I'm not too familiar with the software stuff. Is that front end or back end more? So uh, web dev, there's a lot of different things that come into play with it. There is both front end, so like the UI and whatnot. So whenever you're interacting with websites, what you're seeing is all the front end side of things. But then the back end, that would be, uh, for example, if there's a database attached to the website. So if you have user login data, that's all uh, that's all handled by the back end or any other functionality. Got you. So I guess since you've had two different roles, it's probably best describe them both differently. But could you describe like kind of your day to day like tasks, stuff you would do for the back end and front end roles? Yeah. So in terms of like what I did day to day, it actually was pretty similar, just kind of like the technicalities of everything, obviously a little bit different. But yeah, usually we would start off with uh, meetings in the morning, kind of talking about like the progress of our tasks and whatnot. Uh, And from there, we would break off and have a little bit of time to ourselves, uh, do our own work. Um, And there were a couple meetings throughout the day, I'm going to be honest. So it was hard to find time to do that individual work while also having some free time to yourselves for like because they were remote roles just making sure that you have some time to get off the screen and whatnot so it's kind of like a mix of a couple of different meetings throughout the day and just trying to find some time by yourself to work on your projects uh, and uh, obviously taking breaks here and there. Yeah, awesome. So I know you mentioned like a bunch of different roles, like front end, back end. Did you find that you had to learn different languages? Had you previously known them from courses or was it like learn on the job kind of things? Yeah, so it definitely was a lot of learn on the job for my first time at RBC. I pretty much knew, I knew very little coding, to be honest. I knew what we learned in uh, 1P10. And then I knew a little bit of HTML, CSS, and JavaScript on the side because I was I was just trying to learn it on the side from here and there, uh, like hackathons and whatnot. So that was very bare bones. But once I actually came on to the team, I realized that web dev is not just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Um, there's frameworks, databases that all ties into it. So that all those complexities, I kind of had to learn on the job. So for the first month or two, it was a very steep learning curve for me. Because, for example, one of my tasks sometimes would be to write unit tests, which is kind of like you're just kind of writing tests for your software, making sure it's reliable. And it's kind of just doing what you want it to do, because obviously when you're writing code, there can be bugs in it. So that's something I've never heard of. I like didn't hear hear of before. And as a result, yeah, like you mentioned, I was just kind of learning on the job. So that was my first time with them. But my second time, I... uh, 
uh, was doing a little bit more backend, and we actually did learn Java beforehand, so I was very comfortable with Java. But again, there are added complexities when you are working with larger projects and working with bigger companies. For example,、uh, Spring Boot, which is like the framework that we、uh, did our backend on,、uh, which used Java as its main language. The technicalities and complexities of Spring Boot I hadn't learned of, I hadn't heard of it before. So, kind of that side of things was something that I did have to learn on the job, which is something I kind of want to add real quick. That's something I really like about RBC. They understand that interns don't know all this kind of stuff, and that they they kind of do expect you to just be learning on the job.、Uh, but by the third and fourth month, you definitely do get a hang of it,、um, and you're able to contribute a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of time like people who are looking for like software co-ops and things like that are like, well, I only know one language. It's really hard. Like I can't match out, but obviously that's not true. If because、mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're not just taking people who've been coding since they were two years old. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, what areas of the company did you do work for? Was it mostly just like customer interfaces, or was it also like staff websites and things like that? Yeah, so I did focus more on、uh, customer interfaces. So, kind of,、uh, for example, like one of the projects that I worked on, it was like document signing for like mortgages and whatnot. Because with everything with COVID, everything had to be virtual, so they needed to create、um, virtual、uh, experiences for those、um, kind of stuff. Another experience was bringing clients on and、uh, making credit cards for them from both the, for example, sorry, streamlining the process between the banking advisor and the customer. Um, and just making sure that the calls between those two devices, from the、uh, banking advisor side and the customer side, were happening synchronously. So, long story short, it was more customer facing. So, was there sort of like room for your own creativity, considering like designs sort of came to you and you had to like kind of bring them to reality? Were there things that you could kind of tweak and do your own design, or was it just like strictly follow like a design plan that's given to you? So. The visual designs we couldn't really tweak since、uh, we weren't visual designers, but there is also a whole design system that goes into software,、uh, which is also really interesting. So that is actually something that、uh, our team had to handle. So for I wasn't really involved with it in my first co-op with RBC, but my second co-op, I was able to、uh, participate in meetings where we would kind of、uh, plan and design the system,、uh, like the backend system, because there are a couple different software. Properties and software requirements that kind of lead to good maintainable code that can be maintained throughout the years, and just making sure it's built to its best quality. So,、um, yeah, in that aspect, we were able to design the software, but visual design,、um, not really, just because that wasn't really our job. <laughs> Got you. And just like moving backwards a little bit, what was the process of finding this co-op experience? Like, how did you like get involved in it? Like, how did you? Find it online if you found it online. Oh, so it's that part's not that exciting. I kind of literally just applied through their careers website on、uh, on RBC. It wasn't through Oscar Plus, but yeah, their careers website. How did you find out about the careers website, or were you just looking into like big companies or finance companies? Were you interested in finance before this, or it was just like a stroke of luck? Kind of. Do you want to say it was like a stroke of luck?、Um, I actually didn't know that much about banks and how. Their technical departments worked, but I think on Oscar Plus there were a couple postings from、uh, CIBC, TD at the time. I don't I don't know if RBC posted it,、um, and so I guess that's how I kind of realized that like, oh, banks also have a lot of positions for software dev.、Um, again, 
I'm not too interested in finances. It was just kind of like a stroke of luck. Yeah. Yeah. So have you found that your industry experience has helped you with the courses in iBiomed or vice versa, where some of your courses may have helped you with your co-op? Not necessarily like this, the technical side, but many other aspects as well. Uh, yeah, so I think it's more of the latter, like a lot of the iBio courses kind of helped me with industry experience. So a lot of our iBio courses were a lot of design thinking and whatnot. And that's helped a lot, especially like how I mentioned, um, we had to design system requirements uh, when designing our software. Another thing, there was actually a couple student hackathons at RBC. So they were just kind of regular hackathons, but like for RBC students. So a couple of my friends and I, we would participate in those and I was able to really use those skills, which was really interesting. And I thought it was really cool. In terms of software uh, helping me throughout iBio, it has helped me through um, understanding whenever we're coding in iBio courses. So for example, we did a we did a couple in signals and systems. So I was pretty comfortable uh, with, uh, with doing assignments and whatnot, just because I already had a pretty good grasp on software and like coding and whatnot and there was a couple there was quite a few times where we had to do a lot of that so yeah it's I think it's super interesting when you find that even if your job isn't directly applicable to like what you've been learning um, you can still apply things uh, into the real world Mm -hmm. and that's just something that I find super cool and then when you come back you come with all these experiences that are different from the people that you've worked with or that, you know, like other students, they might have their own co-ops or their own experiences in putting together like an interdisciplinary team can definitely like come up with like very cool projects in the end, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> and finally, to finish off our episode, this will be our last question of the episode. This is actually a tough one. So <laughs> sorry in advance. What is the okay. most important <laughs> thing you took from this experience, in your opinion? So I think... Something that I took away from my whole internship experience is that you don't need to know everything off like right off the bat. Like I mentioned in one of the other questions you asked, I didn't know a lot, but I was still able to contribute quite a bit towards the end, especially with co-ops. Companies usually do know that you don't know everything. You're still in school. You're still learning everything. And so it's hard to be uh, at the same level as your other full-time co-workers, which obviously might instill a little bit of imposter syndrome. But you also have to understand that that's something that everyone goes through, which I can I think that mindset kind of helped me battle imposter syndrome a little bit. Yeah, like you're not you don't have to know everything. You just need to show that you have that passion, that you have that desire to learn and for whatever field you're in. Um, And especially the fact that you can learn on the job and uh, that you can definitely contribute within a couple months, um, given time, given the resources. Those are the kind of students that co-ops usually want. They don't want the person who can't work in a team, but knows everything. So, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like a balance, but also like if you're willing to learn, they can teach you material, but they can't teach you how to like work with other people or like be a good communicator. Those are kind of like kind of intrinsic skills, but also skills that you learn through practice. So that's definitely uh, something that we do a lot in iBiomed that I have heard a lot of people talk about yeah. throughout these, this co-op series has helped them. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your experiences. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and that's it for the show today, everyone. 
Thank you for tuning in and listening. If you want to hear more about co-ops, feel free to reach out to us on any of our iBiomed socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can find us anywhere. You can have the internet. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks.